0: source your home for that's no moon i'm nathan your most unsuspecting working class stormtrooper host
1: <laughs> uh my name is andy your rebellions are built on hope
2: host and i'm pat and if you worry about those fighters, i'll worry about the tower uh host that wasn't a full sentence <laughs> nice uh i am the you worry about those fighters, i'll worry about the tower host nailed it nice got it
0: anyway welcome back everybody it's nice to be talking and andy came up with i think a very cool idea for our episode today but we're gonna get to that after we talk about how was your
2: oh month? it's it's a beautiful world like free of oppression there's like nobody who's oh, yeah. using mm-hmm. the uh, judicial body to backdoor legislation into power or anything like that or you know Threatening to challenge elections. I mean, it's a wonderful... Do <laughs> <to> we remember?
0: <laughs> Do you guys remember, like, five minutes ago when Republicans were against activist judges? <laughs> like, a minute ago.
1: Well, no, I remember when they
0: were very vocal about claiming to be. Yeah, that's true. But, oh, yeah, man. They've... Anyway, we'll, we'll get to those guys later. How's everybody doing? Uh, we I will say, our Roe versus Wade episode, it came out before... The decision dropped, but I feel pretty good about what we said and what we predicted would happen because it turned out that was exactly what yeah. happened. Yeah. I mean, um,
1: I've been consuming a lot more like coverage of things and, and just, um, some interesting thoughts since we recorded that that, that, that have popped up into my head, but I, I don't really want to bring it out this right now. Um, right. but I do, th- you, like, you can, you can deal with that next lightning round episode. Oh, no, no, not at all. This is not a seven minute discussion. I, it, it's probably <laughs> not anything that's going to come up again in, in all likelihood, but I just, um, I, I've just continued to think about it since then. And, um, my, I mean, gosh, it's just such a difficult and nuanced and like weird conversation when you're talking about. You know, the ethics of, of abortion and things, not necessarily, like, the ruling in particular. That's a slightly different issue. But, like, man, it's,
0: it's, it, abortion's a tough Issue to talk about. Oh man, I I never noticed that before. Right. I've always ha- it's always been easy well, breezy every time it, I've tried to I just tackle that issue it, with anybody who feels differently right. than I do.
1: No, I mean, but you know if, if, when you when you find someone who's who's willing to have you know a conversation about some of those nuances and some of the different folds of the conversation, and and someone who's willing to navigate those uh, and not just you know my side is right, your side is wrong, one way or the other, and and stop it. You know, I think there's a lot of very interesting, we, we learn a lot. We could there's a lot we can learn about like human nature and, and, um, you know, how we have evolved different, um, um, behavioral instincts that are not actually, um, beneficial anymore and, and not considered moral, even though they're what kind of, Propelled us to having a society where morals are a thing, so you know it's just an it's just yeah. there's a lot of interesting philosophy to talk. You, you about lost there. me in
2: the sauce a little bit there. Um, <laughs> like what kind of behaviors?
1: I mean, so um, with um, I'll give you a non-abortion example. Um, we are we have evolved a, the instinct to trust. People who look like us more than people who don't look like us. And that's sort of a universal, a human thing, a human trait. It's an animalistic mm-hmm. trait. Other animals do that too. They do it for defense mechanisms. They do it to protect their, their, their in group, which is constantly under threat from things that are not in the in group. The thing is we're not constantly under threat for, you know, we're trying to build you know, get beyond that. So that instinct that has right. kept the human species alive through and, and helped get us kind of to this point—that that tool, that mechanism that helped get us here—is now a very immoral thing. It, it result it results in racism and bigotry and stuff. And so now we have to like undo it as a species, which is interesting and weird to think about. I see.
0: Right I think tribalism works fine as long as your species lives in tribes when that ceases to be and you live in a society uh you don't get to do that anymore mm-hmm. or you don't get to do that and uh you know I mean I see okay. I, I get what you're talking about more now
1: yeah I and, and I'd love to talk more anyway, about that but again you know this is a very big can
0: of worms and, and not suited I, for this i think the the thing that i would like to get across is i am livid i know that andy is also livid from his online presence <laughs> and yeah but I'm, uh, I'm pat doesn't livid. have a facebook account so i have no <laughs> idea how he feels right now but, um <laughs> but to be fair i'm
2: always livid so yeah i mean it's it's terrible um right. like i i am not personally as emotionally invested but um like for anyone who is a woman in my life, like, I am for them. Like, it's, it's terrible. It's a dark time in our history. Um, you know, like, this way of getting across legislation is wrong. And I'm against eroding against people's rights generally. Like, I wish that we would see. Right the progression of people's rights. I don't want to take a step backwards. That's like 50 years, like stuff that we already had kind of like settled down. Like we're just going to stir it up again. Like that just seems, I mean, it's, it's wrong on a lot of levels. So, I mean, yeah, as far as like ruining my week, like I don't, you know, I mean, it's terrible and I want to do something about it. I'm not like, yeah, fired up. Right there with you. I,
1: I'll tell you what. I mean. <laughs> tomorrow well, is July Fourth, and I'm not going to be doing any celebrating of freedom when right. half of the country does not have autonomy over their body. And I know that the issue is not that simple. However, I,
0: but as, also it is. It definitely is. Well, 100. I simple. mean, nothing
1: is. But but it. I mean, it is and it isn't because we have. I mean, this cognitive dissonance. Like we can't just resolve it by deciding something is simpler than it is. It's a difficult issue, but one thing is, about it is clear is that women don't have the, women, girls don't have the right to make a decision about something that very, is, uh, affects them and their body and no one else. Like, just, Recently, speaking of this this week and the fallout from this decision, a 10-year-old girl in Ohio was denied an abortion after she was raped and impregnated. She's going to have to travel out of state. She's trying to go to Indiana before they outlaw abortion. This 10-year-old girl. So... I you know it's it's just unacceptable. I mean that's that's happening very uh, quickly mean, and there's also a yep.
2: second case like already, you know, there's another um like a 12-year-old uh rape victim that a court said that she had to share custody with her rapist. I mean it's just
1: yeah. Yep. So it's... Mm. so yes, I'm also very livid. I also like I the thing is that I'm kind of more i'm just comfortable to a certain extent living with the cognitive dissonance that this issue is both simple and not simple both of those things are just true both of those things are true and that's a weird thing to say
0: but it's true i think legally it's incredibly simple morally it's not simple at all that that's a good distinction to make i agree with well i I still think
1: to a certain extent there are there's difficulties about the legality but like There's no doubt in my mind that women should have that right to be the ones who make that decision, and not the government.
0: Well, there you go. Then, like that sounds pretty damn simple, right? So, like legally, Um, legally it gets simpler. But anyway,
1: right? Sorry to to drag Um, us down this road. (laughs) This is the road we're on.
0: But like, it it would be weird. It would be weird if we hadn't talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, very very short how have you guys been personally
2: yeah good i mean i had a pretty like other than the news on what was it thursday friday it was it was friday afternoon i think um other than that news i mean you know pretty good week uh got to play some magic got to visit with friends and family and friends family and um go, went outside and touched grass which is like wow you know <laughs> hopefully you had the grass's consent uh yes i asked the grass and the grass said absolutely grass
0: grass or grass no one grasses for free <laughs> nah. i don't think that worked andy anything going on with you yeah i
1: mean um
0: you bought a house
1: yeah Woo! i mean yeah that was a while ago um yeah we went we had we went up to michigan uh like a week or two ago to for for a Family reunion on Caitlin's side. Um, that was fun. Um, there, I, it's, there are Trumpers there. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, there be dragons. The, the host had all bunch of, a whole bunch of Trump stickers on their fridge. Um, but cool, cool, cool. nothing came up. We didn't like, even though it was, um it was this past weekend. It was the like we were driving down there the evening after that decision came through or the evening of that the decision came through. So like who it was it's fresh it was raw but we were able to and I don't necessarily again living with kind of the things are both good and bad. Um not talking about I don't I am torn about not talking about it because I think that those people should be forced to defend those beliefs, um, or, you know, those convictions, I should say, because they shouldn't have to defend beliefs in a religious sense when it comes to our laws, because they shouldn't be, have anything to do with each other. But anyway, um, it was a nice weekend, we hung out with uh, one of Caitlin's cousins, his name is Trey, he's a young kid, uh, I think he's like 14 now, and boy, he's awfully like, he thought we, we are the coolest, so... Uh. Nice. Um, like he was on us, like a sh- he was our shadow, and um, so that's like kind of fun. Nice, um,
0: yeah, hell yeah. Hey Trey, and, you know what the coolest thing is? Bodily autonomy. Wah, right. wah, wah, wah. Well, I mean, we definitely draw because I don't know. Anyway,
1: we also stopped at a dispensary. <laughs> nice, um, good times. Nice. So.
0: What were they dispensing? Legal. Like candy and stuff. Legal marijuana.
2: That's even better than candy. Yeah. Well, Uh, Well, it it kind of leads to candy. (laughs) Yep.
0: Uh, there's not much going on with me right now. Um, I have been getting, I had fallen out of the habit, but, uh, shockingly, this week provided some new opportunities to get into it with Facebook trolls again. Um, and I was very much in the mood to get into it um and for that I think that's it. Oh, I am I am getting a divorce and I moved out of town, but that's well, that's fine. It's not a big deal. Wow. Thing. I mean, um, I I
2: guess like yeah, I mean, yeah, we we had kind of discussed a little bit of that. I'm very sorry for your situation. It sounds it sounds very rough, my friend. It is
0: it is not ideal, but I uh, I still uh we still have a a good relationship and uh everything is sad but going to be fine cool it so, sounds like you're making yeah. the
2: best of it you can yeah
1: yeah i don't i mean
0: uh, and i i i'm living yeah without knowing
1: you know much uh, anything about like the you know the circumstances i know uh first of all moving to a new city is awfully freaking stressful and mm-hmm. uh you know after my parents got divorced i know i have some sense of how uh, uncomfortable and stressful that can be, so I, I, f- I feel for you, and um, maybe if I'm driving up to Michigan for some more legal marijuana, I can hey. stop by Toledo and say, hey.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I will say that's been one, like, firm, like, unwavering uh, silver line around this dark, dark cloud is, um, for now, I'm uh, living with Lexi and uh, her partner Cole and my mom and, most importantly, my nephew's and getting to spend time with them every day is an Oh,
2: absolute I thought you were going to say all the weed. Um nice. and so <laughs> That sounded that sounded yeah, like the natural also, progression like, of I mean, <laughs> what you were going to say.
0: I I will say I am like an 8 minute drive away from legal weed right now and uh, I I don't smoke or partake, so it's like that's fair. not particularly useful to me, but that's I am all for it for uh, others and more importantly Legal fireworks, although I think I've talked about it on the pod before. I'm now anti-fireworks, 100% pro-drone. uh drone.
2: Oh, fair, yeah.
0: Um, So, anyway, we can... I it's sort of, like, vague-booked uh about my situation on the last episode, and I don't want to get into it a lot, but I did want to... Like, it always annoys me on Facebook when people are like, feeling bad today, dot, 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 just, like, hoping for people <laughs> to like, engage with them. And so, yeah. like, like this is what's happening in my life, and it's ongoing, and I'll talk about it more, and it sucks, and there are good parts, and there are a lot of bad parts, but um I yeah. am 100% confident oh, yeah. things are going to be fine.
2: Well, so what are we yeah. talking about today?
0: Speaking of bad parts, <laughs>
2: Alderman. Um, i I've got
1: kind of, I don't know, when it comes to divorce and, and other things, I guess... One thing I would say is that I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Nailed it. God. Really got it. Got him. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no.
0: Um alright, so um
1: you guys have you heard of it's, um, it's
0: as if two voices cried out and then were suddenly silent. I don't I don't really know no, that didn't work. I think it works. <laughs> no. I think
2: we just roll it. Um, um
0: Yeah, there we go.
1: Have you heard of a movie? there's a few movies actually um called Star Wars. Is that the one with Jar Jar?
2: I think you mean A New Hope, episode 4.
1: Right. Well, that's the middle of
0: the story that's actually the beginning of the story. Right. I'm I'm more of a Phantom Menace so, sort of guy, but that's just-
3: I have a bad feeling about this.
0: So Star Wars,
1: um as we all know, uh you know, and uh, there's the uh the Death Star, which is this big Giant space station that can blow up planets, right? And, uh, the, there's the Rebel Alliance, the good guys, and they come in and they, uh, at the end of the movie, I'm gonna give a spoiler here, so just, you know, if you haven't seen the movie yet,
0: go watch it. Ooh, I think we actually have Um, a sound drop that I barely ever used for spoiler alerts.
2: (laughs) Spoilers! Oh, nice. Is it Han yelling,
3: yeah! (laughs)
2: <laughs> so anyway uh the good
1: guys blow up the death star and what we know about this is we know that darth vader is you know the the number one bad guy at, the, at least at the time was known to be the number one bad guy he's not dead he's he gets away the emperor who we just sort of like kind of know exists but he's not a character yet uh you know he's not around um we know that the empire is still ruling the galaxy but what the Reb- what the rebels have done by blowing up that death star is they've really turned the tables they've set a new uh momentum in that war and put put everything right on the on the path towards we know that eventually they overthrow the Empire.
2: Right, there's there's hope for the galaxy again.
1: Right. And then there's never any bad things that ever happen in that <laughs> right, storyline ever <laughs> again.
0: No 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 power vacuum in the galaxy that's right. you know talked about over Definitely the course not. of
2: several books. Well, so that's interesting, but how does that <laughs> so, tie into a topic for the
1: podcast, Andy? Well, interestingly enough, this is not another science fiction episode. Um, well, no. So... <laughs> I know uh <laughs> shock dot gif or whatever um so <laughs> the core concept here is there's this thing that looms over in Star wars it physically looms like a moon but it is no moon uh sorry bad sci-fi puns can't help myself but um you know the the idea that there's this this monstrosity that looms over everything that um that destroying that monstrosity by blowing that up and getting that out of there opens up all new you know doors for success for turning um turning the tide of of you know the course of society the the direction our country is headed at, really right. um so what we what what we want to do what i want to do this exercise for this episode is each of us is going to talk about identify a Death Star problem, a, a problem that um, that just hangs over everything. It casts this off huge shadow, and um, and if if we can get rid of that problem, um, that opens the door to. You know, that, that gets everything on the right track and why that will start to lead to a chain reaction of other good things happening, other problems going away. So that ripple effect is very important in this Death Star concept thing, right? It should end up, you know, you have to, you have to explain why, why that chain reaction will happen and, and be a bunch of good positive changes. Um, so each of us is going to say you know give us present you know a a problem and a solution to the problem in the form of a you know a rough sketch of a policy something that you know in a dream world we we would pass con pass you know congress and the president inside um hell yeah or or even if it needs to be a constitutional amendment for some reason that's fine the point is we're doing this in the form of legislation so if you want to say um just march millions of of certain types of people into uh internment camps and murder them hey that's the don't, that's a policy that you are don't passing take right mine. <laughs> okay don't take mine i i mean th- that was actually the hitler example but okay
0: uh, um, Damn. okay never mind
2: <laughs> all right uh but yeah, I'm excited. Who's, who's to... going first? What are the What yeah. are we doing for the order?
0: I, what I was going to suggest is why don't we go ahead and roll some dice,
2: gentlemen? Ooh! Oh! Yeah, I'm ready. All right, all right. Uno, dos, tres. I have, I have got a, a four.
0: I have a five. I got ten. Oh! All right, you want to go first or last? Um, I think I want to go last. I'm going
2: to go middle. Cool. That means I'm first. Sweet. Yep. So just, which, which is nice because I already have my idea ready to go. So, um, my main issue is this, uh, confluence of money together with power in politics. Um, it seems like you can't separate the Ooh. one from the other. Um, the analogy that I like to use is like, um, it's it's like two pigs in in the yard, thing. like you can separate them if you want, but like as soon as you turn your back, you know they're just going to be like right back at it again. Um, so it's it's been sort of like this problem forever, right? Like money and power just kind of travel well together. Like if you have one, you're likely to have the influence to get yourself yep. the other, and vice versa. So, um. And why is this a problem? So we saw there's a Supreme Court ruling that's called like the Citizens United ruling, where they deregulated campaign finance. Sure. And the influence of this, so it did a couple of things. It set up these super PACs, so if you do donate to a, a campaign as a corporation or as a person, uh, you are going to have your name tied to that money, and the public is gonna know, like, where that money is coming from. But at the end of the day, it deregulated the amount that individuals and corporations can contribute to campaigns, to individuals, to political parties, um, and it just sort of opened the door to unlimited amounts of campaign finance spending. Um, and the effect that this has had, when I, when I saw this come out, I was like, they're never going to be able to reverse this once they have done it, because there's never going to be the political will to reverse it. There's never going to be a time when people who can get elected without these will be able to oust the people who were elected with them, Right. Um, And we've seen a really interesting thing is that, like, the amount of money is not, like, a one-to-one comparison. If you spend more money, you will definitely win an election. But it has a huge effect, um, especially negative campaign ads. And if you ever, like, turn on any sort of, like, public broadcast, like, if you watch TV, like, cable TV, if you listen to the radio... If you're even just, like, using YouTube or Facebook or any social media platform, you know that these negative attack ads are just going to inundate you everywhere that you go, uh, every election cycle. Our state gets it particularly bad because um, for a long time we were considered, like, a swing state. I think we're no longer really as much of a swing state as a, like, hard red state. But um, for a long time we were considered, like, one of the big... right swing states and so we would just get like bombarded with months months of political ads that are specifically like uh here's all of the bad stuff that this person has ever done like do you really trust them with your children's future (laughs) and like these ads are just like very very effective at turning money into votes like as close to bribery as we've ever really gotten. Um, and I mean, this is also a thing with like lobbying, the revolving door, uh, between lobbyists and politicians. Um, the very cozy relationship that like huge corporations have with politicians. Um, another thing is like this is a little tangential, but the, the practice of gerrymandering, just being able to like, when you get in power, you get to gerrymander everything for the next election cycle. Um, so my proposal is, uh, so if you've read Plato's The Republic, there is a class of people called guardians and they make all of the rules. They do all of the job of like defending the country from its enemies and like putting out fires. And like they they um, are essentially like they hold all of the political power but none of them are allowed to touch money. Like, they never get under the same roof as money. They never handle money. They own no personal wealth. Um, they're well taken care, f- care for. Like, they get the best food, and they have everything provided for them. They're never, like, wanting for material things. But money specifically, they are never allowed to have any part in. And... Uh, That idea was really appealing to me because I like this idea of just having politicians that are not corrupted by the ability to receive campaign finance, the ability to uh, fundraise, um, being very cozy with these corporations. So what we're going to do is, uh, and I mean, this is just going to like happen. This is like a genie wish, like, you know, snap your fingers happens thing. I guess, or legislation that we just say, like, all right, this is going through. Um, We're going to make sure that everybody who takes office is going to take a vow of poverty. Um, They're never going to be able to get wealthy. They're not going to be paid any more than, like, say, an average Amazon worker. If they start out with money, um, we're going to put their funds into escrow, and it's going to be taken care of for them by a law firm. Until their retirement, at which point they can have their funds back, but they're not going to be able to make any more than just like an average middle class or like lower middle class worker makes. And they're not going to be able to like, you know, receive huge amounts of money for gifts from foreign nationals or huge amounts of money for like speaking engagements where they make like $500,000 for speaking at like a corporate lunch Um, your, your finances are just going to be like very strictly monitored. Um, you're going to take that vow of poverty. We're going to make sure that like the revolving door between lobbying and then also serving in public office, there's going to be a 20 year sundown between either of those professions. Meaning that if you serve in public office, it's going to be 20 years before you can serve as a lobbyist. And vice versa. So we're, there's going to be no revolving door back and forth of like this, like consultancy into politics, into lobbyist, into, right. um, or, or, you know, like, uh, people going in and, uh, regulatory, uh, regulating the very industries that they used to be, um, corporate giants in, like, chair people going and working at the EPA, for example, um, it, it, you're not going to be able to mix those things. Um, so there's going to be a lot less influence of money and policy. We're going to reverse citizens United. So, um, what that means is we're going to pool everybody's campaign finance money and some taxpayer money. Um, if you want to donate to a political cause, You're going to throw your money into the same pot that everybody is. And then based on like one man, one vote, like each person who votes, each person who gets a vote will get a voucher for the equivalent of their share of this campaign finance pool. And they can choose who their campaign finance is going to go to who that pool of money is going to fund. And um, they're not going to be able to spend huge amounts of like personal fortune or uh, campaign donations on these negative attack ads. It's going to be the people who can afford ads are going to be the people who have been allowed to buy the voters chosen by the people. Um, another important thing, and this is like a little bit off base of the money issue is that we're also we're just going to do ranked choice voting it's just better um, <laughs> we're not going to do first past the post voting anymore so really quickly like what ranked choice voting is is basically like you get your first second third fourth fifth etc picks and this really opens up the door to third parties and beyond because you're not wasting your vote by voting on a third party you can say like Well, my first choice is this third-party person, but, you know, I'll still put as my second choice this one of the major two-party people just because my last choice, I don't want this fifth choice of the other guy and, like, God forbid it's the other guy. So the ranked choice voting gives you a lot more freedom to be able to use your vote for third parties and it really fosters that idea of third parties. The system that we have currently of, uh, it's called first past the post, um, it, or winner takes all voting. It just means that, um, if you vote for a third party, you're essentially tanking your second best choice. Like, oh, you know, I would have been okay with this guy. You're tanking that vote and throwing it away by voting for third party. And I just really think that that's a shame. So, I mean, this might have, Gone a little bit beyond my mandate of what the Death Star is, but, um, essentially, <laughs> we're going to try to divide money and politics and get them separate from each other. Because I really feel like, um, you know, if you don't have a personal interest in getting rich by going into politics, if you don't have, um, you know, a personal interest in serving corporations or, like, serving your corporate masters or, you know, uh making your rich friends rich, we're hopefully going to just get the people who really care about the issues, who really are willing to say, like, all right, I will accept this amount of salary because I believe what I'm doing is going to be important to have an influence to make the decisions that really matter for everybody's future. So that's yeah. sort of my proposal. Do you guys have right. uh ways that you wanna add to or subtract from yeah. or uh things well, that you think I haven't thought through thoroughly?
1: I mean I do think I think you're you're right that I think the ranked choice voting is um perhaps a little bit outside of the scope of the the exercise, but you know I I do love ranked choice voting, so uh um, Right. I mean it's <laughs> come
2: up on this pod several times. And yeah. I just had to get it in there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I love the separating money from politics. I'm, I'm, I love the, um, I mean, you're a bit more extreme than I would be necessarily. Um, for me, I think it would, I think I would, you know, mind their salaries and, and other expenditures, but like, um, the main thing I would be, I, I would focus on is their stock interests. Um,
2: sure. Sure. That's, the that's, biggest that's concern right out. To me. We're, we're just cutting that. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: And like to me, even with that, I would be perfect. I would be comfortable with them being able to just have like a blind, um, you know, a blind whatever portfolio that is managed by just some person that they don't even know who is the manager. And you know what I mean? It's like, or, or just they have to put it all in an
2: index fund or something like that, even. You know, and so, let's be honest, um, it's not it's not a huge like dollar right, amount yeah. problem, but it's a huge hypocrisy problem, right? Because if we're going right. to prosecute people for insider trading, they like can't,
1: yeah, they can't make money off of the industries that they write the rules I, for.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a, it's
1: a well they do. I right. mean, they, they and, absolutely they do now, in a big but way. Yes. But yeah, agreed.
0: Mm. Um I I think probably your solutions will probably solve A lot of what I was going to bring up as well, but I mean, I, I fully agree. I think if you can make it so that people going into politics go into politics because they want to make their country better, they want to help out their fellow citizens, and it's literally impossible for them to get rich because of that decision, I think it takes away so Mm -hmm. many, so many problems. That we have with the system. And, like, I think you you go into politics and you get elected. We're, like, you get to go ahead and we're going to make sure that you have a perfectly comfortable middle class life mm-hmm. from there on out. Yeah, I mean, and, <laughs> yeah, and you exactly. know, it's
1: it, it butts up. We only have about one minute left, so I'm going to go quick here. Um, it butts up against some stuff that I'm going to talk about in mind with, like, it matters who we put in office. And if we're constantly putting people in office... Who we don't like and who don't represent our values only because they're, you know, better than the other guy, we get what we have now.
0: Mm -hmm. Sure. But again, if
2: if the other guy is just like a steaming pile of shit, though. I I don't know why I expected this of you guys, but I, I, like, I. I kind of expected somebody to be like, "Oh no, it's not fair to the politicians. They can't make that. money." Um, no, I don't know why I thought you guys would come out with that because, um, of course, who you are, like, you're not going right. to come out with that
0: because <laughs> no. you haven't been yeah. listening to the they podcast. Can eat, they can eat dirt for their entire time <laughs> in
2: office, for all I care. Right? Yeah. Fair enough.
0: No, oh, but the I, poor. Yeah, politicians. I love it. I think it's good. The right choice is definitely cheating, but.
2: Uh, but, I also uh, all right, it. that's
1: our timer. Um, any last like thoughts on that before we move into the next? No, I mean I think I got um, him in.
0: Cool, no. Uh Very Nathan, nice. you're up. So here's the thing: I I was as soon as Andy brought up the topic for this episode, I was like Republicans, like yeah. immediately, <laughs> immediately. Shocker! <laughs> but I think it like now now that I've been thinking about it, I think that's probably not the issue I want to tackle. I mean, yes, uh, Republicans bad. Like I think that's, I mean, I, I don't have to describe that because I do it on every episode we've ever had Mm -hmm. practically. Um, but I think the, the problem is, and money in politics is a huge part of it, but I think that's more of a, like a, one of the side effects of this. I think one of the big problems we have is bad faith and specifically the cultist lying to the base of politicians is hugely problematic. Mm. And you could talk about like, also like the cult of personality that comes around. Like, I mean, Trump is the obvious one, but it's not just Trump. I mean, there are a bunch of like mini Trumps out there from your Marjorie Taylor Greens to your Matt Gates to your Jim Jordans, to your, Rubio, you're, you know, like over and over and over again. Um, every, every everybody wants to be the the king, and everybody wants to like say something that conservatives will throw on a t shirt, or you know, whoever will throw on a t shirt. But it's this. It's generally not a problem with liberals. I'm not saying that they don't ever lie, but like it's bull to say that both sides are the same or even close or playing the same game or whatever. But I think both parties are made better and the whole system is made better if we put penalties, real penalties, into effect if you actively lie to your base. So here's my proposal. All, all bills that are put forward have to be put forward based on real documented good faith uh, studies that are put out ideally, like it could be science. It could be whatever polling, uh, as long as the sources are reliable, you can use those. And like that evidence is used for you to put forth your, uh, whatever legislation you think is important. And as long as you are telling people like, Hey, this is why I support this. And you are telling them the truth, then you're fine. But if you go ahead and you actively lie, especially if you do it over and over and over again. For example, again, we come back to Trump. There were – so Washington Post tracked all of his lies, his 30,000-plus lies while he was in office. And, like, people like to argue about, well, that wasn't a lie. You just, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, there was a disagreement. Whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is these three Pinocchio things where he would tell a lie He would be corrected and then he would go on to tell that lie 30 more times in different speeches. This is what we, what we can't allow anymore. We have to Mm. make it so that the, this, this policy of actively making your base dumber by lying to them over and over again, which is, I think there's not really even a hard argument to make is what caused January 6th and So many other problems that we have the the anti-vax movement and no masking and over and over and over again, like racism amongst certain groups of people like I think this is my plan. We have actual genuine consequences and I would like them to be serious. I think you lose your job, but you could also be fined and go to jail. I think jail time is probably a big part of this. And you have plenty of, you have plenty of off ramps to stop lying. You know, you, you lie the first time, cool, here's a warning, don't do that again. You lie a second time, alright, you owe us several thousand dollars, here you go. You lie a third time, alright, well, uh, maybe you don't have your job anymore. Uh, so that, that might be something that I'd like you guys to, to jump in and maybe help me out with, but, I think real consequences so, for when you try and build this cult like following with your base by actively lying to them is I mean, what I mean I
1: wholeheartedly support more accountability from our politicians. Um and I don't I don't wanna sound like I'm like out of like trying to cut this down because I I'm not. Who gets to decide what's a lie? And why should everyone trust them? Like, can you sell the same fact checker to the conservatives as you can to the Republicans? I just and not that this is like a make or break question. I'm just like, uh, this is where I, I don't know how you thread that needle. I don't know. I don't, I
0: don't give it. I don't give a shit if they. So, like, Republicans. And Democrats, who whoever, like third parties, I think this opens a lot of doors for them as well. But I don't give a shit if you don't trust whoever it is. What you do is you have to put down on paper these are the things that makes uh that make a source reliable. And those are the things that that uh would determine whether the information is correct or not. It's when you get to like move the goalposts that it becomes a problem with this source or that source or whatever. Okay. So it's, the, it's the problem more like that conservatives don't. The, sorry. The, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just saying. I, I don't think the problem now is that conservatives like don't believe this source or that source. It's that Trump said that, uh, veterans were morons for having gone to war and then they have to like prove that he didn't like, they can't allow him to have said that. So they go away or they want immigrants to be violent. And so they can say whatever they want about them because it doesn't matter. It like, the problem is when information becomes inconvenient, they just pretend it doesn't exist. And that's what can't be allowed.
2: Right. So I absolutely believe in like, there, there is an Objective truth, like if you say it's three and I say it's four, like if you look underneath the cup, like one of us is right and one of us is wrong, right? Like I think that there is a real objective truth for a lot of like numerical things or like scientific things that we search out there. When you get more down to like the the kind of lies that are told in politician in politics a lot of them are like half truths or like a statistic that if you look at crossways or like one particular study that was funded by a corporation came out with saying this you know um so like to to sort of regurgitate your idea and spit it up back at you like. So we're going to essentially make, like, a ministry of <laughs> truth that is going to determine how well, like, your media or your politics, um, how well you conform to their particular idea of truth. And, um, like, anybody who opposes that, we're going to send you to jail. Um, do you see how, like, I have concerns? that, that this could be like,
1: oh, sure,
3: abused
0: by bad actors. All, all you have to do, you don't have to agree to opinions. All you have to do is say, this person, like, when, when you say something, when you stand up on stage and you say, this is the way it is, and I know that because this, you have mm-hmm. to, like, actually have a source for the bullshit that you're spouting. And if you don't have a source, either don't say that. So, or, Take the warning, stop saying it, or pay your fine and stop saying it, or get fired so and it's go not to jail. That- because if your whole point is to, like, lie to people and then influence them through those lies, that's fine. I don't have to agree with your point. You just have to make sure it's at. An so I just point. want to make
1: sure I'm understanding you. So I want to try and phrase it a little bit differently. So sure. like it's not that you are looking for to create like a a ministry of truth that like decides this is fact and this is not, but more that you want a standard of supportive evidence, um, and if you, uh, you know, and like some some general like standards for what sources would be acceptable for said evidence. Right. And like, if you have some pieces of evidence to support your opinion, even though I may have some evidence that says exactly the opposite and I'm using it to support my opposite opinion, we're both backed up with data. So we're a lot, we're going to just proceed with this conversation. exactly. But, Mm -hmm. but if one of us has say sources that are not like, don't meet the approval requirements or we don't have enough sources then you get, you know, knocked with a fine or something like that. And this is just for politicians, and I'm guessing primarily in campaigning and, and like, press conferences is the main kind of focus here, yeah?
0: Right, and I will also say that you could just say, like, here's a source that I haven't verified yet, but what this seems to say, or Mm. I think that Ted Cruz likes to piss his pants, or whatever, (laughs) you just need to go ahead and, like... Put, put your stuff out there as, you, you can't say like, well, all kids under three have diapers made of diamonds or whatever. Like it doesn't, like, you can't just say a thing as a fact and like have that be it. You can say a thing as a fact if you have the facts to back that thing up. You can also go ahead and say a thing as an opinion as an opinion and not get in any trouble at all. But it's when you start saying bullshit that you have no basis for as facts, that that would be an issue.
1: Okay, see, that's a lot better because I'm, I'm I think s- that having, the like record, a, a Department of Fact and Fiction would get immediately laughed out of the
2: government. <laughs> like no one would give it any respect. Oh at all. no, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I'm still very much in favor of the inquisitorial Ministry of Truth idea. Um, I'm very What's much here? in favor of that. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to be, you know, clear about what were. It it's objectively better were.
0: than what we have now, but again, like, yeah, who, who's in power at the time and who's the one that, like, I think everybody gets to come up with, like, the objective standards for what, like, what's set as truth or not. Yeah. And we combine them that, all. I think
1: that, uh, mm-hmm. that thing Pat was kind of alluding to, that's kind of what Mr.
0: Putin does, you know? Mm, I love it. Well, I mean. I'm just just I think, saying. Right. He, he makes some good points. I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> anyway. Um we
1: we do have a couple minutes left. Do we have more to I mean, say here?
0: Yeah, like so <laughs> I mean, initially it was like get rid of Republicans, but then like the Democrats suck too. It's like once you like once you get rid of this like disingenuous sort of uh bad faith um hold on to power at all costs Style of uh politics, all that does it gets us back to our like sh- baseline where we have to like change from there. Like Andy and I argue all the time about like you should vote for third parties, and I would love to be able to do that, but like, well, the the yeah, empire too- is out there. <laughs> like, I I'm trying to blow up the Death Star. The shaft is ray shielded, so you'll have to use proton torpedoes. That's
3: impossible, even for a computer. It's not impossible. I used to bullseye womp rats in my T-16 back home. They're not much bigger than two meters.
2: Yeah. Right, and it's, it's funny to me because, um like, these Democrats and Republicans, like, they'll go for each other's throats in debates, and whenever they're political grandstanding, whenever they're, like, talking on the Senate floor or talking to their constituents, they'll just, like, tear apart the other side. Behind the scenes, they're, like... Having drinks with each other, they agree on like almost so, all of our major foreign policy issues. They agree on like treating migrants like less yeah. than human. So, um uh, they agree on arming Israel and Saudi Arabia. So it's kind from of And what like, I have heard, you know From what I've heard over
1: the last ooh, four to six years, um Congress people from our have gotten less and less and less chummy with each with across the aisle. In a very n- palpable way, a, 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 a noticeable way. That I guess that's what I want. Yeah. Um, to where, like, people who retired from Congress even, like, 10 years ago or something have have commented on, on some interviews I was listening to. Like, I, I forget even who the f it was now. Um, I don't know why I just swore there. But, you know, um, anyway, uh, I don't remember who it was, but I remember I was listening to somebody who, you know, was not that long out of Congress. And out of Washington, and they were saying, like, they don't go get drinks together. They don't have lunch together anymore. It is cold. And I mean, that's, I, I am, I think that that's really picked up since January 6th, but, um, I think it's been going on for a, for a long while. But anyway, no, I think,
2: um, I, I just think it's. But there's, but there's so much left over. So, there's so much left over from Trump's, uh, that's our policies. Tower. Ah, uh, well, I guess you'll never know what the end of that thought was. <laughs> Go for it. Uh you'll n I mean, there there's so much of the policy that like just didn't see any revision at all, or like we're gonna take all of that back, but we're just going to like rechange the wording and then send yep. it back out. You know? Yep. Yeah. So that's that was my whole point. Alrighty. I guess that brings it back to me. Haha. <laughs> you couldn't escape us. <laughs> Well, um,
1: I didn't really want to try because it, it is my topic, after all. <laughs> um, so, uh, before I actually start the timer, I, w- I, I want to say, like, this is something that I have um, I've sort of tossed around in a lot, like, toyed around with in my head a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Nobody tosses a dwarf. <laughs> like, if I got a chance to just pass one thing, fix one thing. And try and also hit as many other things with the ripple as possible. How, what would I try and target? And, um, I'm also, I want to also throw out before I start the timer on mine that, um, I, I, I posed this question on Facebook just to my, you know, as a question. And, uh, a lot of the responses I got back had a lot to do with, um, healthcare, like universal healthcare was a very common response. Um, and childcare, uh, and, um, some, some various, like, economic things. Uh, one friend of mine suggested this idea of hella taxing the fuck out of the mega corporations and using that money specifically to, um, to get started lots and lots of, like, co-ops, uh, all across the country and get people, like, basically b- rebuild communities. So there's a lot of cool ideas out there and um, so that being said I'm going to go ahead and start the timer here and get into mine because kind of like you guys um, I'm I'm targeting the government uh, essentially um, now so okay. I I think it's Sounds very good. very important uh who is in government and how they get there and what they're being asked to do when they're there I look at our government right now, the way that it's built, the way that it has built up various institutions to lock in the duopoly, the two party system, so that the, and the, the parties have done this really together over decades in order to make it easier for the, them to stay in power, but one of the side effects is the polarization. The extremism that we are dealing with now is, is a direct result of these, of our political structures and how we interact and how we engage with our government. So to me, re, fixing democracy is what I want to try and do. We, I would put it out there that we don't have democracy now. Um, and we need it. So. Um, what I want to try and do is rebuild how our government is basically put together. Um, And so that basically means, uh, well, fixing the democracy means both fixing the elections, fixing um, how candidates get on ballots and, and how those elections proceed, but also um, what the, what those elected representatives, what those offices look like and how they're all structured together because there's huge, huge, massive problems with both of those that block democracy. And if we have democracy, if we have a government where everyone who's being put there is being put there, um you know, really to build coalitions and to accomplish things in good faith, um, you know, that I think is the key to fixing a lot of other problems. You have... You if you're running all right, anyway. Well, no, I'm gonna linger here because I have the time. <laughs> do you
2: have to, do you have
3: to, do you have to let it
1: um if you if if your election season, which is every two years, every year really, but like at, at least the big offices that we think about are every two years, um that, that a lot of people vote for, they are so contentious, they're so angry. We we've already talked about it in several different ways. Um, it's, it's vote for me or else they'll win. And well, no one has an answer to, well, what are you going to do for me? Right. Um, and so the, and so the tribalism that results from that, um, you know, you've got problems with how the primaries are set up. You've got so many closed primaries and, um, and so you can't, uh, the Republicans are picking the most Republican Republican and the Democrats are picking the most Democratic Democrat, not big D
0: Democratic. I mean, that's definitely not true. But I see what you're saying.
2: I mean, it, it is. If you miss. Oh, man, if we could only get them to elect the most I, liberal. But w- that's not Democrat, what I said. I said the
1: most Democraty Democrat.
2: So that's oh, no. an important distinction.
1: I and and I, I stand by what I said on that.
3: I said what I said.
1: Um, no, we're not getting the most leftist Democrat, but we're getting the most democrat Democrat. Um, so, Aww. um, you know, the districts are so gerrymandered that you, that the parties pick who's getting into office. We don't really have that much say other than, um, you know, ultimately picking in the primary. But of course the parties put their whole arm on the scale, uh, to make sure that their person gets into office in most almost all cases um so anyway we have to redemocratize and here's how i propose to do it i've got five main points here and i f- kind of feel like i'm forgetting something but i always feel that way so i'm just going to roll with it but okay first of all um elections um first and foremost A mail, a a paper ballot gets mailed and sent, sent to everyone. Um, I realize that some people don't have physical addresses, so they'll be available at the, at a, you know, a local post office, whatever. We'll make, make sure that everybody gets a hold of paper ballots well, long before the election. Um, and those paper ballots can either be mailed back or, um, or dropped off, or you can just bring it in, and and they'll have a few booths set up at a vote, at a polling station. You know, you can however you want to submit it, but everybody just gets one automatically. It gets sent straight to you as as best possible, and uh, and you can take it from there. We want to make it easy for everybody to vote. Um, the. So that's a simple thing, but I think, I mean, it also creates a paper trail everywhere. There's a solid paper trail. So you can, you at least have a fighting chance to, you know, show evidence that when, that all the elections are legitimate, um, with that paper trail, uh, so, so that any, you know, concerns about election insecurity, insecurity, I guess, uh, can, can be dissuaded. Okay um your districts voting districts first of all they have to be done by like ai or um a nonpartisan like not not even i don't know some sort of commission but um of maybe just like regular people like a jury gets selected of people from across the state the state to draw it just like random folks because you can't have these political operatives doing that however We're also going to just double every legislature in size because we're going to make every legislative district a multi-member district where every election you're electing the top two vote getters, not the top one, the top two. So uh, the more people get represented in their legislature in every district, that also makes a huge, takes a, like, It takes the kneecaps off of gerrymandering because even if you get that first one, someone's getting that second one. And, you know, um, the only way to, for you to try and get that second one is by having an evened out district or by way overwhelming, but you can't, you know, that's too far, right? That's no one would go for that. That would get in theory, um, or field two really good or field, candidates. Or yeah, sure. Like, if you if you have that kind of like good on you but also know that you're you you have to get So um so that brings me to All right, so we've got first of all the paper ballots mailed out to everybody. Then we've got um we're we're redoing how the legislative districts are done by um both a, a more uh, an automated or independent drawing of the maps and a multi-member district to take the knees out of gerrymandering completely. Um, then all elections are final five voting. Final five voting is open primaries. This is very, very, very important. Pri- the primaries are just wide open. All the candidates are all li- for the office are all listed and everybody gets a vote and wh- the top five, um, vote getters out of that primary move on to the second phase. The second phase. Is ranked choice voting like Pat described. So you, you have five candidates and you rank them one, two, three, four, and five. One is the best. Five is the worst. And it's going to be, uh, I forget what it's called, but there's the automatic runoff. That's what it's called. Um, where, um, so, uh, the, the candidates, uh, if there's no clear first and second place winner, um, and they have to both have, you know, majority over 50%, um, I uh, then the lowest vote getter is removed and everybody who picked them for number one, all of those votes get reassigned to the number two vote getters and it's reevaluated. Right. So now if there's no clear, you know, one and two over 50%, we do it again. We remove number four and reassign all of those to the number two or number three, depending on, you know, who's left. Um, until you have two candidates who both have gotten over the 50% threshold, and those two candidates are the ones you elect, or the top two, if, if three end up over the 50% at that point somehow. I don't know if in, how the math exactly would work out. But that's final five voting. Um, and a very important to, you know, the uh, the multi-member districts, so your legislators, you're just putting two, those top two people into Congress, end of story. Um In your single seat elections. Oh, and by the way, the Senate seats would all align, realign so that you're voting for both senators at the same time and that and, and using the final five. So basically the top two vote getter senators, you're, you're almost guaranteed to have two, you know, two different parties represented in the Senate from every state. Um, and the single office, like the executive branch, basically the governors, et cetera, the first, The, the top vote getter is the, the, you know, president slash governor. And then the second place is vice president or, uh, lieutenant governor. Uh, that was the way it originally was in the constitution. That kind of that first place, second place. I love it because I think you in office, if you're the president there, you should be really, I have a little more pressure to really perform because you have, you know, the other guy warming up in the wing and they get to also run as that with that legislative experience and based on that time in office against you if they want to run again so i just like that in the interest of time i'm going to really push on here because i'm babbling not babbling but this is this is important this is important stuff anyway okay um all those campaigns also um Public funding, a lot like the the system Pat described, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. I'm a huge fan also of the – so you can donate as much as you want to like a campaign, to to a race. You can donate to the, you know, your district's race for the house – for the state's house seat or for president race or whatever race. Donate as much as you want to any race that you want, but it doesn't go to a specific candidate. It goes to a pool for that race. Which then gets, um, which then gets divided up evenly among the electorate, as Pat said, using the voucher system, which then, so everybody in that district, when you're donating to a candidate, you have the same amount of resources to donate to that candidate. You can donate as much as you want to the race in general, but you're probably going to be giving a lot of funds to the other guy too. Um, and then finally, number five, um, oh. All the laws and all the states and localities about getting onto ballots are very, very, very deeply unfair and uneven. The two, the duopoly have very deeply rigged that system to where you need several times, five, ten times as many signatures to get on the ballot at all as a candidate if you are running without a D or an R next to your name. Um, that's just one example of things. Also, um, public funding and financing uh, you are not allowed to spend as much as they are. There's all sorts of very unfair rules that the Democrats and Republicans have both put into place all over the place in their states and localities to prevent competition. And all of those have to go away. Everyone has to have the exact same requirements in order to get on the ballot, no matter what party you represent. Those are my five bullet points. We've only got like two to three minutes. So if you guys want to tear into it, go for it.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm just going to go then. Um, so the vice president being combative and from the other party with the president, um, sounds interesting. Um, the problem that I have with that is that then you, you have a really high incentive for like methods that would Uh remove that president from office um and then like you might have a combative relationship generally like the vice president isn't able to do any of the things that they want to do or if they do they have to like go behind the it's worth, for what it's worth, what it's worth that's it. often the case now fair enough um nathan do you have anything you want to cover real quick
0: well i think the vice president right now has zero like you don't have any power at all like you You can like break the tie in the Senate, right, but that's the end of what you can actually do other than like cross your fingers and hope to God the president stops breathing um I think all this is good. I just keep thinking, uh do you remember when uh your rank choice voting was going too far because you had come up with a second idea I think you have I think you have a lot of ideas here, Andy, and I think they're all good, and I support all of them. Um, mm-hmm. I think you, it's pretty complicated though. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff that you put out.
2: Sometimes the president goes down for surgery or something and like, they have to like assume power yeah, for 45 that's happened minutes. happened many, several
1: times in history, a few times in history. I, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, yeah. um, there's definitely a lot of potential for that. I think, um, the, you know, with the idea being that you're trying to coalition build, I think, you know, something that other countries do. Is they force when you elect in a new government, they have to write up a goals yeah. for that government. No, what I are we going good. to be trying to do? And they have to collaborate I, and write that out. And then cool. they set to work on trying to figure out how to do it. So, um you know, I think there's mm. there's other mechanisms, mechanisms. I think once you put some of these things in place um you you make a government that can start to make some of its own some of the other changes that are needed to really round out a more a, a fuller democracy i think what i'm really yeah. just trying to do is pull out that linchpin but no i oh there's the timer i do uh, i do recognize uh, that yeah that 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 would certainly end up being a fairly uncomfortable um <laughs> uh, white house but also that might just make it more entertaining for us i don't know <laughs>
0: Hey there, editing Nathan here. This is the part of the episode where we haven't quite realized yet that Nathan can't hear anybody, and they can't hear him. Let's listen to Nathan's side. Well good. I mean, this is a, this is a fun idea. I, I would totally revisit this at some point, but, you know, it's probably gonna be Republicans again. I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, there, there have been a lot of Death Stars, uh, You just can't keep a good Death Star down. Well, awesome. Uh, again, uh, kudos on this, uh, episode idea, Andy. And, uh, wait, can you guys hear me? Seems unlikely.
2: And here's Andy and Pat's side. Yeah, it'll be like a TV show. We can even, like, we can make, like, a wacky, (laughs) like, reality show out of it. No, it'll be great because we can, (laughs) we can elect a reality show star to be president. (laughs) You're fired. There's like cameras all over the White House, and like, um, like the the Vice President, like whenever the uh, President is like um sleeping or something, it is like checking to see if they like actually woke up because they're trying to like get ready to, <laughs> to to assume the powers of presidency.
1: And then they like they look into the camera, like office style, like no, shake their
2: head, no, <laughs> not. Nah, not this not this morning. He woke up this time. <laughs> anyway. Alright, well that was fun. This was a great idea, yeah. There's also a a very special little Death Star to me, and it's called Precious Moments. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Death Star 2.
1: Precious Moments.
2: <laughs> yes, the fully armed and operational precious moments
1: too. <laughs> oh yeah. Um I guess I'm gonna go first because I'm gonna run with the Star Wars thing because I'm gonna have my precious moments be the show Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hello there. That show is phenomenal. It was so mm-hmm. good. I loved it. Um Ewan McGregor is fantastic Hayden Christensen was the best he's ever been in a Star Wars production, um, which is, True. I know, not a high bar, but he was great. Um,
2: I just thought it was outstanding. Yeah, they did a great job. Um, it's weird seeing him as a, a young Jedi, but an older hmm. actor. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of times where it was like a little bit of a mismatch. Um, I also, I went back and saw A New Hope, um after watching it cuz there were a lot of things where like um you know they don't acknowledge the fact that um just like some of the dialogue is really weird like you served under my father during the clone wars like you actually knew him and met him or or like he, he'll say like oh i haven't that's a name i haven't heard since oh before you were born like right
3: but you know him well, of course I know him. He's me.
2: Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you what? did hear yeah. that name. Um, just like some some funny stuff. Like that it was. It's not a big deal. It's not like yeah. immersion uh ruining. But it's, I will it's not just take funny. any criticism
1: of Sir uh, Alec Guinness. So <laughs> you you just watch well, he yourself. He didn't now. know that
2: fifty. He didn't know that 50 years later, yeah, yeah. or 40, 40-some-odd 40 years later, that they were going to um, completely make all of his dialogue like change context. What? What was silly? Nathan? Hello?
0: <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't have let him get away with stealing my precious moment's thunder under any other circumstances. Anyway, back to normal. What? Well, he didn't. I guess like that's it, the right? end of the episode. <laughs> then the good project. Up. It was kind of silly. Oh,
1: Nathan, Nathan, we cannot hear you, I,
0: guys. Guys, just just you know, I wonder my, if he can hear my can audio he hear is us still cutting in, and or out. maybe like I think choppy Nathan versions of us because
1: right we can't hear you. There it is. What? There he is.
0: Um, yeah. So what I was saying earlier was, uh hm. I have always read that Alec Guinness thought that Star Wars was silly like <laughs> that <laughs>
2: well, well yes and no because he invested heavily into the um they had an option of like toy futures or like a lump cash sum and most of the cast took a lump cash sum and alec guinness said no i will take the toy futures and ha- hasbro i think i think it's hasbro uh a or Mattel or somebody had to wind up like they had to buy him out of his contract. They're like, look, we can't give you 15% of the total toy sales. Like we can't do it. We're going to get lawyers and we're going to make sure that you don't get 15% of like millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. Like we're going to, you're going to take the cash settlement. And like, I think they fought it in the courts and like, he eventually like had to take the the settlement, but, um, courts, Yeah, it does. It does, but he, he did bet on the future of, like, this, the toy sales. That's cool. Which is just an interesting little tidbit. Is that your precious moment? No. Sure. You know what? Yes. That was my precious moment. (laughs) How did you know?
1: No.
2: (laughs) I mean. No, it's better than my precious moment, but my precious moment's still pretty funny. Um, so there's a story that came out uh during the Jan 6 hearings i'm sure everybody will have known about this by now um when trump was being uh driven away from the <laughs> Jan 6 uh, speech that he gave <laughs> and uh i believe that this was on like the the greens right like on the uh congressional lawn or um the national mall i think anyway so it was it was fa- it was far enough away from congress that it was like two miles of a walk or you know two miles of a drive and so he gets into the car and he was going to plan on driving um to lead all of his followers to congress he was going to actually like lead that march but he wasn't going to drive he wasn't going to walk he was going to drive there and uh have his secret service drive him
3: did you i think hear what happened in the beast He said, no, Tony, I I just got back. What happened? Tony proceeded to tell me that when the president got in the beast, he was under the impression from Mr. Meadows that the -the off-the-record movement to the Capitol was still possible and likely to happen, but that Bobby had more information. So once the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby he thought that they were going up to the Capitol, and when Bobby had relayed to him, we're not, we don't have the assets to do it, it's not secure, we're going back to the West Wing, the President had very strong, a very angry response to that. Um, Tony described him as being irate. The President said something to the effect of, I'm the effing President, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Angle grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle and mister When Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles,
2: and so what I have is a a very funny meme it's a it's an edit of what's called like Abby Choke edits um I don't I could look up what the original source for this, but it's it's like you know a Wojak jack person. And then like somebody in the foreground, like with their arms around them. And there's an edit of, uh, tr- Trump's secret service guy, um, getting choked up by Trump. And we can put it in the blue do. It's, uh, it's precious to me. It gave me a good chuckle this week. I, um, I laughed for like probably two minutes straight when I first saw this picture. It was, <laughs> it's pretty great. I think I linked it in the, uh, precious moments, if you guys saw.
0: It's just like, they're like, We are going to do, we've actually had a request from one of our sorcerers to do an episode Mm. on the January experience and we are absolutely going to do one, but they're still ongoing and every time like there's a new hearing, something bonkers comes out. And so we are, we're waiting for all of them to finish up and then we'll, we'll do one big. Uh, blockbuster episode but Th-
2: this is why we need weekly beat a dead source this is why we need <laughs> daily beat a dead source yes every will. every half hour <laughs> updates 24 <There's>... hour streams <laughs>
0: the yes we we just need a 24 hour news network of beat dead source that would be awful well, would be so i'm scary. having a hard
2: time i have i'm having a hard time escalating it past 24 7 maybe 24 7 of like three separate streams <laughs> there you go,
0: perfect. I love it um
2: well, since i've
0: i I feel like I was fairly kind to the Republicans today by not making my thing all about them, just about the things that they do and who they are <laughs> and whatnot. um I decided to go ahead and make my precious moments about a little story about Republicans out of the great state of Minnesota. Um so a key vote came up uh this week in Minnesota to legalize uh THC uh quote infused edibles and beverages. And uh one of the, the key Republicans on the committee voting on this uh just straight up didn't read the bill and then uh voted in to legalize <laughs> uh edible marijuana in the state of Minnesota uh, apparently so the the guy's name is Senator Jim Abler uh A B E L E R and uh he said quote I didn't realize a new law would legalize ed- edibles uh containing delta 9 THC before it passed after the vote Abler then said out loud quote that doesn't legalize marijuana we didn't just do that to which a democratic state <laughs> representative said, oh, are you kidding? Of course you have. Of course you have. No, just kidding. We'll do that next. Okay. And so, uh, this guy just didn't read the bill. And so accidentally in the state of Minnesota legalized edible marijuana, which is
1: I,
2: I, brilliant. I love it. I love this story so much. <laughs> I like, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's real law now. Like that's actually a thing I just- that happened. <laughs> this isn't just like a sitcom no, or something no but
1: i would love to to actually like listen to the conversations that oh see i didn't actually read the bill see are you gonna let me have a do over you know well, oh no no you you had your chance didn't you like i just oh man yeah i <laughs> Is think this that fargo now it. i mean a little bit um
0: hello <laughs> Did you hear the one about the guy who couldn't afford personalized plate so he went and changed his name to J3L2404 Yeah, that's a good one. They so they they uh put it into a health and human services funding bill and he didn't he just didn't read it. So I mean most of them don't. That's what them. happened. Um, and then of course he tried to be like, well, like he tried to turn around and undo the vote afterwards, but it was it was already I, late. that's they not don't- that's not they the way laws were. They never read work. the
1: bills. And you know, I mean, all right, first of all, shout out to one to one person who we know who does actually read the laws anyway. If you don't say if you don't say if is you don't Brent say friend of the, of the, the pod, pod Jen Briney.
0: There we are. Thank you.
1: Friend, friend of the Pod Jen Briney uh on her podcast Congressional Dish and by the way, she has another a new podcast uh where she's with joins uh Andrew Heaton who's an, another favorite of mine and um Justin Robert Young, I think his name is, who runs, does a, so, uh, Andrew Heaton does a a podcast called Political Orphanage, and Justin does a podcast called Politics, Politics, Politics. Three of them are, they're very dialed in, they really know what they're talking about, they're very thoughtful, they actually read the actual things that are, like, um, and they just started doing a new podcast together where they just kind of, like, get together and talk about, because they don't necessarily bring notes to this, but, uh, they already know so much, so it's it's a really fascinating podcast. It's called "We're Not Wrong." All the three of them are great. I'm not as big a fan of Justin Robert Young, but anyway, um. So, friend of the podcast, Jen Briney <laughs> reads more bills than I get than your congressperson. I'm sure of it. Whoever listener, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um. So like, uh, there's that, and there's one, wasn't it? Um, it was Rand Paul who. Tried to actually propose a bill that, like, was supposed to not quite require, but try to force politicians' hands to reading the bills before and ban them from just sneaking in and passing something really quickly, um, without giving, getting time for people to read it and stuff. So, you know, sometimes some Republicans do decent things.
2: So, so this is my proposal for how we're going to get legislation through now. We're going to have like 800 pages of like, okay, this is about how, um, you know, we're gonna take away all the rights from immigrants and we're gonna make sure that like women have no rights and that, uh, you know, you can buy whatever kind of like guns, munitions, like tanks, grenades, just whatever you want. And then like 800 pages of that. And then on like the 801st page, um, just in like really tiny script, it's just gonna say like, Actually, it's not about any of these things. It's about yeah. universal health care. Like your like you <laughs> like your like your.
1: It's a test to see who reads yeah, through like you're, the you're end. like your tenth grade math teacher or whatever who like <laughs>
2: <laughs> read the whole test the before pull. you yeah. start. Oh my because god! Because they have like a trick question on the end that's like. Uh, actually don't answer any of those questions, just answer this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. On that
0: note. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know what I need to do, uh, I need to come over to catchphrase.
1: Hopefully, uh, we
2: gave you some stuff to think about. May the Force be with you, and, uh, <laughs> love you, bye.
0: <laughs> bye!
2: The Force will be with you, Luke. Always.
1: Well, Liam Neeson is boss. He's the he's amazing. But anyway, um so Pablo, stop it. Oh my god. Um the all the animals hate it when I'm paying attention to anything except for them.
3: Sure, sure. Um